Welcome to the Free Oakley Podcast. This is your host, Billy Johnson. All right, so it's Tuesday night, March 15th, and March Madness is upon us. And I would like to welcome back to the show my buddy, my friend, my biggies cohort, Russ Wilk. We're going to talk about the tournament tonight. Russ, welcome back to Free Oakley. Already making guest appearances, uh, return appearances. It is an honor to be a recurring guest on the Free Oakley pod. Uh, the brackets are out. It's March. The weather's getting nice. We've got the best four days of the year on the horizon. Very excited. Let's get into it. Yeah. And uh, yours truly is making his triumphant return to the NCAA tournament after a 25-year layoff from going to these games in person. Uh, we'll, I am going to Buffalo Thursday morning for, uh, for Providence uh, as the number four seed taking on South Dakota state jackrabbits, but we'll, we'll get in, We'll get into that. I know we're going to dive into the, um, the, uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, before that, let's talk a little bit of how we got here and how Providence landed as a four seed. And we, you know, we spoke a lot of about Providence in, in the advanced metric rankings in the last show that, that we did together. And I wanted to just recap a little bit of the, the big East tournament. Cause that's always something that, you know, you and I both, you know, have discussed, you know, that's something that's so much fun. I think a lot of people in the New York area or, or, or have an affiliation with the Big E school, Big East tournament is one of the best, best events around. And, um, you know, I was able to go, go in person to the, um, to one of the games or I went to the semifinals. Uh, so to, to quickly recap and before, maybe before we dive into to some of the games we actually saw, uh, I was at an alumni event on the Wednesday before and this is uh something that pc does every every year before the biggie starts this was at pj clark's and it's a it's a mini fundraiser the athletic director is there ed cooley the head coach is there a lot of former players um they, you know a lot of alumni you know if you guys if you guys my year so it's always a lot of fun usually at these things and, and as it goes you know sometimes they have a, a few extra tickets and a ticket might shake loose for for the games at night and the providence off night which was wednesday your Georgetown Hoyas were playing the Nike session against Seton Hall. And I asked you if I, you know, I got a free ticket to this game. Would you want to go? And, and your response was. It was a no. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that, I think that summarizes where, where Georgetown fans are right now. Um, it was said it was going to tip at nine 30. I think if anyone has been to the Big East tournament, you know that that is, dependent on the games in front of you ending in a timely manner. Um, so we were the last game of the night. Of course, one of the games before goes to overtime. Uh, so the tip wasn't going to be until 10 o'clock. Um, and on a Wednesday night for an 0-19 team, uh, while it wasn't going to cost me any money, um, I valued my time a little bit more than, than going to the garden and staying up past midnight uh, to watch an 0-19 team. Um, that's unfortunately where we are. Uh, the AD gave Ewing a vote of confidence, um, which is shocking. Um, we could talk about the things we got right from the first pod. And I think when we talked about Providence, I think we got a lot of stuff right. Um, I had suggested that even Ewing um, could not uh, survive 0-19. That looks wrong. Um, they fired uh, two assistants. Um, TBD on uh, who they're actually going to bring in to replace him or replace the assistants. Um, and that's really where we are. It sounds like they're they're willing to give Ewing another year. It really sounds like the issue was they gave him an extension 
off the back of winning the Big East tournament last year. Um, so there's some rumors that the buyout would be too prohibitive um, and they guaranteed a lot of that money, um, which obviously feels like a mistake off, you know, four good days. I think we talked about that last time that it's not as if they were suddenly like the three seed in the Big East last year. It was a, it was a great run. It was four days. It should have been celebrated. Uh, probably shouldn't have used that opportunity to, to lock him in for three more years. Um, and so it, it's, it's dark times uh, in, in Hoya land. Um, and we are forced to, to rally around our Big East brethren as they go into the NCAA tournament. We got six teams from the Big East. And I think we all become fans of the Big East. I uh, want those teams to do well. Yeah, I you know what a what a shame, what a tough season for Georgetown. I feel for you there, man. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. You know, free tickets to the Big East tournament, a nice old school matchup. Georgetown Seton Hall. Figure that's a that's a yes nine times out of ten. And then uh, it's not like you <laughs> you live in the city. You you live right across town from me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's just it would have been a it would have been a brutal next day. And look, and they found a way to lose at the buzzer, and I would have regretted being there the entire time. So uh, ultimately, they're the right decision, um, as unfortunate as it may be. Yeah, that's the kicker because they actually, I, I actually stayed up to watch that game, and uh, G Town was in it. I think they were up late and just kind of, you know, kind of fell apart. Yeah, it it summarizes their season in a nutshell. In that you watch that game and you're like, okay, there's no one suggesting they were an NCAA tournament team, but that's not an 0-19 team, right? They were competitive with Seton Hall was in the tournament while simultaneously knowing they were going to blow the game. So by that logic, well, if you know they're going to blow every game, that's how you end up 0-19. Um, but there is some, there was some talent on that team. It's not, but there were definitely nights they got blown out. There were some nights they were competitive. And it's just, it's, it's unfathomable to actually go 0-19 in the, in the Big East. But um, what do you, you think we're going to see if they yeah. rebound for next year. You think, is that, is that possible? It's too soon to tell because the reality is Ewing's problem has been player retention. Um, so until right. we see the transfer portal, um, again, they, they did have a young-ish team this year. So if all those guys come back, they could get better. But we haven't been able to keep guys. So until we see who hits the transfer portal and, and who doesn't, it's hard to project uh, too much optimism. Got it. All right. Well, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, like I said, last pod, you know, I think the conference is better when Georgetown is good. It's good for the conference when uh, you have a strong Georgetown. So hopefully uh, Ewing can get it, get his act together. Jeez. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, back to the Big East tournament. So uh, we were the one seed. Providence was the number one overall seed in the Big East tournament. First time ever, uh, which is crazy. Uh, so we played Butler in the, um, in the noon game in the quarterfinals and that that comes down to the very end. Uh, we're actually down one with uh, under a minute to go against a, a Butler team that's quite frankly not very good. So this was kind of upsetting to see. But all of our games have been close all year. This has been the story of Providence this season is that every game has been, you know, comes down to the very end. And just like that, you know, Al Durham hit a three from the corner with under a minute to go. Lo and behold, Providence, you know, sneaks past Butler crazy shot you know Al Durham was 0 for 7 from the field during the game and as a three-point shooter for the year he was 19 for 91 so you're talking about a 20 percent free throw shooter so the fact that he nails this thing he puts it up without hesitation knocks down a three we win you know I I thought maybe maybe this really is the season maybe this is the you know the hand of God coming down to really push us to 
to the, you know, the heights we've never seen before. Maybe, are we getting close to a national championship? Is that even possible for, for a team like, for a team like us? Next night we go to this, we go to the semifinals, which I go to with, uh, I wind up, and I told you that um, I wound up getting nine tickets to the game. I was, I was able to make that happen to pretty much, uh, you know, almost put one of my kids up for, for collateral on that one. It was, it was the tickets were, were crazy, but um, I, I get nine tickets to the game and Providence loses by 30. We got absolutely run out of the building by Creighton. So at one point it was, it was Creighton goes on a 31 to two run. So that's the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous going into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I, I thought that, first of all, I thought that 31 you know, to two run and the absolutely dismantling by Creighton was going to, was going to cost us in the seating. Um, you know, we obviously lose that game in the semifinals. Creighton goes on to the finals and beats and loses to Villanova. So Villanova winds up winning the Big East tournament. Creighton with a strong showing, you know, winds up, you know, winds up in the tournament as well. Uh, but, you know, if we want to, you know, maybe we'll shift gears now to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we actually wound up with a four seed. So when we were talking a couple of weeks back on the pod, we weren't really sure where Providence is going to line up. The advanced metrics didn't really look great for us at the time. Uh, and I thought that blowout might push us down to a five seed. Uh, but luckily the, the win versus Butler, I think probably saved us from the five line. Yeah. And so look, I, I think a few things that we actually said on the last pod, you know, I think held up, right. Again, Ken Palm and, and, you know, T rank and those advanced analytics are really not a data point that, ex that is explicitly used by the committee. Um, the net always was a little bit more favorable to Providence. Um, and the quality of the wins, regardless of how much they were by, uh, stacked up, right? We talked about quad one wins. Um, and I think the reality is, and I think people are starting to realize this, is that the, the committee really starts to finalize things probably earlier than anyone else realizes. I mean, in particular, those games that are played on Sunday, Saturday night, I'm not sure how much they actually factor into the bracket. Um, so look, I, I think the four seed was fair. If you look over the course of the season, I think when we spoke last, they were kind of like right on that three, four line. I think we were giving them the benefit of the doubt of a three seed. Uh, since then, they did lose both games to Nova, which really would have probably been the opportunity to jump up to the three line. Um, so I, I think a four seed was fair. Uh, the NCAA committee now reveals what they call the S curve. So Providence was 15th. So they weren't even the last four seed. Arkansas was technically the last four seed. Uh, Providence was 15th. Um, so, so solidly on the four line, um, I think it was a fair seating. Um, again, the, the, the accumulation of the season and quality wins, um, outweighs, you know, what happens in those last few games before selection Sunday. Well, actually, I, I, I didn't actually hear that. What is the S curve? Right. Well, so the, the NCAA now, um, actually releases one through 68. And, and yeah. so they really do try to seed like the the four seed you know the, the the number four ranked team in the country the last one seed got it should have the best two seed in their region generally so i mean you, they, they call it the escrow but they literally they don't just release the seeding anymore it is one through 68 you kind of know exactly where you fell how close you were to the five line versus the three line right and so again they, they told you that providence was 15th so it's not as if they were the the, the last four um that would have been the 16th team, Arkansas. Um, but they released that. Now, I think it's really cool. It gives transparency. And I think 
um, the committee should be focused on giving more transparency to this process. So it's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's a good. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. And actually, they released something earlier a few weeks ago that I think has had us either 15 or 16. They, they released like a preliminary view of it. Yeah. So, so, so the NCAA committee almost for their own benefits, uh, a month before the season does a dry run of kind of if the season ended today, this is where the NCAA tournament committee would have had you seated. And I think it was they, they were a four seed then. Yes. So nothing really changed in, the, in that last month. Um, but again, again, transparency, uh, you know, I think Providence fans knew where they stood. Um, not too much changed, maybe missed opportunities against Nova in some close games. Um, they had blown out Creighton a week, a week and a half prior. So I'm not sure how much you want to weigh blowing them out versus getting blown out um, in the Big East tournament. Um, and again, I, I think a four seed's fair. Yeah, and, and what, what I really, I, I was nervous going in and then watching selection Sunday, I actually walk away feeling better or, you know, okay about kind of where, where they landed. Just because if you look at the, um, the five seeds, uh, all those five seeds are, are playing the 12, you know, obviously, and, th- and those 12 seed teams are from legitimate conferences. So, uh, like, if you look at um, – you know, Houston's playing UAB. Um, uh, I was playing Richmond. So you got, uh, you know, uh, A-10 schools there. Uh, Maryland, uh, sorry, St. Mary's, right? At the 12th seed, they're playing the winner of the plane of Indiana, Wyoming. And then you've got UConn playing New Mexico State. So those are those are more legit teams, uh, you know, on the surface than like an actual mid-major, right? I think we got, you know, by, by getting to that four line. Yeah we actually get to play like a, like a South Dakota state who plays in, you know, what I had never heard of was the summit league. And, and I mean, it basically looked like a hockey conference. Cause you got North Dakota, South Dakota, university of Denver, um, South Dakota state, the Jackrabbits is who we're playing. I saw oral Roberts in there. So people you know who follow college hoops will recognize oral Roberts, but you know, you get to play a team like that who doesn't really, you know, play too many big schools throughout the year. So I feel good about the four seed. Yeah, so look, South, South Dakota State's a, a very interesting team. Um, so what's interesting is, so again, we talked about efficiency stats last time. If you just looked at points per possession and didn't adjust for strength of schedule, you just looked at points per possession, South Dakota State was the number one offensive team in the country, which is kind of ridiculous to say out loud. Um, but on a, on a points per possession basis, they were number one. When you adjust for the fact that they weren't playing teams that Providence has to play in the Big East, um, obviously their offensive ratings take a hit, but we're still talking about the, the 16th ranked offense in the country, right? Um, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, they don't turn the ball over. They're the number one three-point shooting percentage team in the country at 44%. Um, so definitely some unique characteristics. And again, we can talk about the, you know, the analytics, um, in T-ranked South Dakota State is 74th, which is, you know, not bad. And again, the line from Vegas is, I, I think I saw two and a half as the line. So again, I, I did try to warn Providence fans, wherever you landed, you were going to be the trendy upset pick. Because I think people who weren't maybe, who whether you follow as closely or not, I think if you're looking for an upset pick and you can, you know, be bold with a 13 over a four, and in reality, it's only projected to be a two and a half point game, you kind of get to look like a genius and in reality it's projected to be a lot closer. So I think we saw that coming. Um, 
but there are some interesting things that if you really want to start to get into like brackets, like what would you be looking for in an underdog to pull off an upset? South Dakota State doesn't have some of those things. And, and so what I'll say there is if you just take a step back, if you're trying to be, you know, David versus Goliath, yeah. right, and you're trying to come up with an upset, you would, in theory, one, want to slow it down and not have a ton of possessions, right? The more possessions there are in a game, the higher probability the more skilled team would come through, right? So I think you'd want to have a, a low number of possessions. You'd want to shoot a ton of threes. We can talk about that for South Dakota State in a second. So ignore how many they make, but you would, in theory, want to shoot a ton of threes, have a lot of high variance, um, and you'd want to force a lot of turnovers, you know, maybe try to steal possessions, and you'd want to be able to grab a ton of offensive rebounds and steal possessions, right? Like, again, ignoring who who you're playing, if you're trying to come up with a formula for an upset, it is something like that. And the reality is South Dakota State doesn't do any of that, right? So, one, they don't slow it down. Their tempo was the 51st fastest in the country. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and push the ball a little bit. They're going to try and run. Even though they made a ton of threes, they actually don't take a ton of threes. So their three-point rate, so think about that as your number of three-point attempts divided by your total number of field goals, is only 259th in the country. Okay. So again, they don't shoot actually a ton of threes. They don't force any turnovers. Their turnover rate, the, the amount they force on defense, is 310th in the country. So they're not going to force a lot of turnovers from Providence unless Providence just chooses to give it away. And they don't get a ton of offensive rebounds. Look, they shoot a very high percentage, but they don't steal extra possessions by crashing the boards. So again, I think the spread's got it as a tight game. Um, I think we can talk about South Dakota State's size. I'm not sure they're prepared for someone like Nate Watson. Yeah. But some of those other things you would like to see from like a Cinderella, from an, up, an upset-minded team, they don't really have it. That, that's not their profile. That doesn't mean for a game they can't go bombs away, and obviously it's one game, anything can happen. But they don't have those um, other metrics that you would maybe expect to want um, to pick an upset. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know, and, and you say like the um, the trendy pick. I, I think everywhere I've seen has has Providence going down here. You look at a guy like Jay Billis goes through his, his every single pick and, and he, you know, he goes all, he go, he's all over Providence and he picks South Dakota state here. And maybe that's more, I have to imagine that's probably more of a testament to people who have kind of maybe seen Providence or just look at the, maybe, I guess if, if you haven't seen Providence, you're looking at the, the, the metrics, right. But if you have, you know, that it's, yeah. it's a grinding game and, and it comes down to, you know, a lot of late possessions. Yeah, and, and again, th these prognosticators have to pick an upset. You look, you look across the spreads. Vegas is telling you this is like a 60-40 proposition. You know, and a two-and-a-half-point a two spread implies something more like 60-40 odds. Yeah. Um, and so you go for it because you can't just pick chalk. So you got to pick an upset. Um, look, it's very possible, right? Like if South Dakota State actually takes a ton of threes and they're shooting hot, that the profile is there. Um, if Nate Watson gets in foul trouble, you know, the advantage could be neutralized. How this game's officiated is going to be a big part of it. Um, but at least South Dakota State doesn't have all of those other characteristics you would look for in an upset. And honestly, we could talk about seeding. I, I think it was probably a, a blessing that Providence avoided Vermont as a potential 13th seed. I don't, I don't think anyone was probably in a rush to play Vermont. 
who has maybe some of those other characteristics. I think they're going to give Arkansas a game. Um, so again, it's scary to hear, you know, the 16th ranked offense in the country. Um, they also have the 212th ranked defense in the country, right? There's a yeah. reason for all of this. Um, the only other, well, the other major conference team that South Dakota State played this year was Alabama. Yes. Alabama scored 104 points on them. Yeah, I saw that. I saw like, and some of those other stats that I was looking at were strength of schedule, um, South Dakota State, 198th overall. Providence at 49th. So I think you, you look at that conference, they're not, they're not playing anybody. Talk, you're not playing Big East level competition every single night. 0-1, like you said, versus the top 25 throughout the year where Providence was 4-2. and two. And we have wins against, you know, we, we probably mentioned this in the last podcast, but we w- wins against Wisconsin and Texas Tech who weren't even ranked 25, weren't ranked in the top 25 when we beat them. So, you know, I think the path, there is obviously a path for South Dakota State to win here. And I think it's just launching up threes and Providence getting a couple guys in foul trouble and the offense just disappearing like it did versus Creighton. But I think if we, as simple as just defending the three-point line, I think we should be okay here. I think like, I think you nailed it. I think they're not yeah, going to be ready for Nate Watson. The, you know, like we're, we're a team that's all 23 and 24 year old guys. You know, we've got size. A guy like Justin Minaya has turned into, you know, showing himself as like a complete animal on, on defense. I think, you know, he, he can start locking some of these guys down. Yeah, and, and so it is interesting. So South Dakota State's best player is a 6'6 wing. His name's Baylor Shireman. I mean, that, that's got Justin Minaya written all over it from a, a lockdown defense perspective. Um, I think it's really going to be – I'm not sure South Dakota State's going to be able to grab a rebound. Right. It might not matter if Providence misses, if they're grabbing every rebound, they're, they're going to win. Um, Alabama grabbed 38% of their misses. They wow. grabbed an offensive rebound on. So, yeah. I, again, I, I think that's five. Now, look, the, the, the downside, and again, we can talk about getting blown out by Creighton, but outside the two Nova losses, when Providence loses, it, 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 it is a blowout, right? You got, you know, there was the Virginia game, there was the Marquette game. Yeah, South Dakota State might go on a run, and it's going to be incumbent on Providence to kind of maintain their composure, not let it snowball. Don't try and shoot three for three with them. Don't get baited into a three-point contest. Leverage Nate Watson, go down low, crash the boards. I think you're going to be fine. But look, it's it's probably going to be closer than any Providence fan would want. You're going to be there. Uh, I'm rooting for you, but I, I still feel okay picking them to win. Um, look, I don't think it's a double-digit game, though. I think it's a tight single-digit game, and Providence will um, play a close game because that's what they do this year. Yeah, and you know what? A couple other things, too, I think are a factor in here in terms of the just just the, just the scenario of what's happening. So we, we play in the second game overall, so in the tournament. So the uh, Michigan-Colorado State is the actual kickoff to the, to the tournament. You know, we're not talking about the plans here. We're talking about the Thursday start of the round of 64. And we play at 1240 in Buffalo. So I'm expecting probably what's got to be a maybe a half empty arena in Buffalo for the 1240 start, which is really just going to be probably the school's fans in attendance. So I don't think even if Sandy is, uh, I keep calling them San Diego, but South Dakota State, if they get up, you know, I don't think there's going to be this like really big crowd rooting for the underdog to kind of cheer them on. I think you're you're kind of in a kind of in that sleepy first game of the tournament, um, 
you know, first day, first game of the four, there's four games going on in Buffalo that day. So we're the first one. I think it could be yeah. a little bit of a light crowd. We'll, I think we'll, I think we'll travel okay for this. Um, I think Providence fans, we should have a pretty good contingent. I'm not sure what the Jackrabbits crew is going to look like, but um, I'm with you. I think Providence, um, I mean, we have to win, man. This is, this is the, <laughs> the highest seed that we've ever had in, in school history. And, you know, we won the, the Big East regular season title to, to, to get absolutely destroyed against Creighton in the semifinals and then to lose, at, you know, against a 13 seed. I just can't see that <laughs> more, more because God, I don't want that to happen. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking Providence here too, obviously, but I'm going with my, my heart here. Uh, what else do you see in the Midwest? If you know, if you want to you know, shift away and start to hit the other things here, what do you want to, uh, what do you think, what do you think when you see the Midwest? Yeah. You know, it, it's an interesting um, conference, uh, sorry, interesting bracket in that, I'm not going to call it a weak bracket because that's not fair to, to Providence. But again, you look at the two seed Auburn lost in their first game of the SEC tournament. Uh, Wisconsin lost in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. Um, Kansas has had a history of, of, of March issues, we'll say, for, for Bill Self. So it, to some extent, the, the bracket looks a little bit open. I, I think the thing looming, um, and, and we'll see how much momentum plays, is, is that five seed Iowa is probably the trendy pick uh, for, for people to, for a team to go on the run, go on, a, go on a run. They won the Big Ten tournament. They're the number two most efficient offense in the country. Um, and they have a legitimate lottery pick in, in Keegan Murray, who's, who's a, an impossible matchup for anyone. So is this the year Iowa goes on their run? It's very possible. I would imagine that's the trendy pick. When people are picking, you know, South Dakota State to beat Providence, I think they might be viewing that as clearing the path for Iowa. Um, for Iowa, maybe to be as a five seed to be a trendy kind of sleeper Final Four pick. Yeah, can Richmond beat them? It's it's tough. I mean, look, it, both of those teams actually won their conference tournament, which is yeah. interesting, right? When you talk about who has more momentum, um, Richmond runs the kind of the old school traditional Princeton offense, um, which as a Georgetown fan, I watched for many years. Um, JT3, you know, right? it's nice. Uh, yeah, JT3, spread the floor, backdoor cut. Um, it's certainly possible. That Iowa team, is it, it, they look like an offensive juggernaut. I mean, I watched them uh, come back against Indiana where it looked like they were down like seven with three minutes left. And then they just hit three threes in rhythm, catch and shoot. Everyone's a threat. I don't think that's where the upset's going to happen. Um, Richmond's an incredible story that for them to play their way in through the A-10 tournament, they would not have been in otherwise. Um, but, but I have a feeling um, you're going to be looking at Iowa if you, if you advance. Got it. All right, let, let's quickly kind of cover some of the other regions here. Uh, moving on to the South, where you've got Arizona as the one seed. What do you, what do you, what do you think and what do you see there? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I really like this Arizona team. Um, if you live on the East Coast and haven't gotten to watch them play, it's, it's very aesthetically pleasing basketball. Basketball. I think they're, they're either first or second in the nation in assists. Um, and in reality, they, uh, Tommy Lloyd is their new coach. He was Gonzaga's assistant coach for 20 years. And he's basically built a Gonzaga-like replica in, in one offseason. Um, they are big. They run really good offense. They push the pace. They pass the ball. Um, they are actually my pick to win the NCAA tournament. 
I'm gonna Arizona is gonna be the the pick in my bracket. Um, a little worried their point guard um, Kirk Kleesa uh, sprained his ankle. There's expectation that he should potentially he could potentially be available for the kickoff game. But either way, I'm I'm thinking they could probably survive the first week without him. Um, he'll be good to go. Um, and I just really like the way that team plays. Yeah, and and the way that's shaping up, right? They get basically the winner of Seton Hall TCU. Neither of those teams feel like a feel like a big threat. You know, we we saw Seton Hall um, in the Big East a lot this year. Um, when I look at when I look at the South. I do like Villanova making a run at least to the elite eight. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I saw them a lot, obviously. I, I mean, I watched every second of those, those two Providence games, which were pretty late in the season. It's a little bit of recency bias there, but I think they're pretty deep. I think they're, they're pretty talented. Um, and, and they're, yeah, I, 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 I like, I, I like Nova. Yeah. I was going to say, I like nobody yeah. gets the elite eight as well. Um, again, it could be Biggie's bias showing through. I also don't trust Tennessee. Oh. As a three seed, I know people love Tennessee. They won the the SEC tournament, but Rick Barnes teams don't win in March. I mean, at maybe all. maybe this is going to be the at all ever. Like even with Kevin Durant in tech, on, on a Texas team, you don't have to tell um, me. Man. He was Providence uh, in the early '90s. He went from Providence to Texas, and they had a great team that won the Big East tournament in '94, and then lost in a in a first round upset. Um, I'm with you there. I, I look at that I, and I can't believe they get a high seed like every year. Like their um, Barnes is, is just a brutal, brutal post postseason coach. Uh, and they're, and they're in the, in, in the three slot. I could see them losing to whoever comes out of that Colorado state, Michigan, Michigan game. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say Nova might have a trap with, if it's Loyola, Chicago, um, mm-hmm. I think I might actually pick them to be the 10 seven. Again, you're going to call it an upset, but then you look in Vegas and Loyola Chicago is actually favored in that game. So maybe not an upset. Um, I think they could give Villanova some issues just because they're a similar kind of grinded out defensive. I'm going to put Nova through there. Um, and I just think Nova, Arizona is just too big for Villanova. Um, Villanova will try and space them out and probably, yeah you know, play five three-point shooters, but Arizona is just so big and athletic. I, I just think they would, you know, we can talk about the Big East being, a, you know, the great conference that it is, but I'm not sure they have a team. I'm not sure Villanova can, can match up with an Arizona. All right. So obviously Arizona is the favorite there for you. You like them to win it all. Um, I like them as well. Uh, let's, let's go over to the West where Gonzaga is the, the one there. This one, you got a lot, of, a lot of here, right? You got Gonzaga, you got Duke, you got UConn. Who do you like coming out of this? So th- this will be um, a bit of an upset pick. Um, I am not picking Gonzaga to make the Final Four. Um, I really like Texas Tech. Um, they are the number one defensive team in the country. Defense does win championships. Um, they are a brutal team to play. They actually beat Gonzaga. Um, in the Elite Eight a few years back um, when Texas Tech made its run to the, to the national championship game. Um, I just think that's a, a difficult matchup for Gonzaga. Um, I'm actually not high on Duke as a two-seed. I think they could be vulnerable as early as the second round against the Davidson even. I think people are probably assuming it'll be Duke versus Michigan State. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Davidson gives them a run for all their money. Um, and I do see... I mean, again, it's being a little contrarian just because it's not fun to have all number one seeds. Um, but but I, I think Texas Tech is going to give Gonzaga all they can handle. 
I actually like that pick and I'm with you on that because I watched, you know, I, I am, you know, for the, for the college game, you know, we spent, I spent so much, I know you do too. We spent so much time watching the big East um, in some of the games outside of conference. I did watch most of Texas tech Baylor uh, probably like a month and a half ago. Uh, it was on ESPN and, and Texas tech won in Baylor when Baylor was ranked number one. So, I mean, that team can flat out play. Uh, I was, I was, like I said, we beat Texas tech and I know, I think they were missing a guy or two, but I, I you know, the fact that we yeah. beat te- Texas tech, some of these things are, you know, I, I was blown away by, by how, how good Texas tech looked at Baylor and, and took down Baylor when, when Baylor was number one. Um, also agree with you on Duke. I, I actually, one of the other games I, I did watch a pretty good chunk of was Virginia beat them at Cameron indoor. And Virginia, uh, I know, didn't have like a, a super great year outside of, you know, a couple a couple decent wins. But I saw Virginia win it at Cameron, and uh, and Texas Tech gave it to gave it to Baylor. Um, so okay, so we like Texas Tech coming out of there, um, and Davidson too, right? They were kind of the the best team in the A10 throughout the year, right? And they just lost to Richmond in the in the finals of the A10 championship. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, they were the number one seed regular season champ. I mean, they were up by seven with three minutes left, and they kind of just took their foot off the pedal. And, you know, a series of unfortunate events let Richmond get in. I mean, Davidson was in complete control of that game. Um, I, I think the, the issue for Duke has been their defense, right? I mean, the, the Coach K's last game at Cameron, um, you know, with, with, with the Cameron crazies crying in the stands mm. as North Carolina puts up like 94 points on them. And then you go into the ACC final, ACC not a super strong league, and Virginia Tech just smoked them on, on that end of the court, really ran whatever they want. Davidson, again, is going to put five three-point shooters out there. They're going to make you defend. Um, and for whatever reason, that Duke team that in theory has all the athletes in the world to be a good defense, um, it just hasn't quite come together. I mean, it always can. They can always turn on the switch. I mean, they, they certainly have the talent. Of, of a team that can make a run, but it, you know, the fact that they couldn't get up to play in coach K's last game at Cameron, the fact that they couldn't get up to play um, for the ACC championship, something, something just feels a little off. I think they're vulnerable. Oh, where do you see a uh, Yukon shaking out in this? I mean, they were pretty, I thought they were okay. I, I mean, I, I, they won it. They beat Doma at home. That was a good win for them. You know, I wasn't like wildly impressed with UConn this year, but you know, they're, they're a five seed in the, in the West. Yeah. Like I, I do have them getting to the sweet 16. Um, so I do have them. Um, I actually do. I am going to pick Vermont over Arkansas as a bit of an upset pick there. So then that would leave UConn versus Vermont. So I, I do have a UConn getting to the sweet 16. Um, look, they play really strong defense. They crash the boards. Again, even if you don't shoot a high percentage, if you're grabbing every offensive rebound, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm a little bit worried um, if Sunogo gets in foul trouble. Um, the half-court offense then becomes a whole lot of R.J. Cole um, isolation-type plays. Um, so they're a little vulnerable for that. But I, I think they have enough to get through um, New Mexico State. I'm projecting them to play Vermont. Um, I have them getting through that um, and then running into Gonzaga and losing there. Got it. All right, so let's close with the East. East, we got Baylor as the number one. You got Kentucky's here, Kentucky in here. Marquette from the Big East is is the one Big East school in this. Um, and UCLA has uh, made a lot of noise this year. Who do you like coming out of the East? 
Yep. So uh, I am going to go with Kentucky. Um, I, I do think Baylor, it, it's kind of a miracle that they've held on to be a number one seed. They, they've had a ton of injuries. Um, I think it's a, a testament to the program that they've built that they are even a one seed after everything they went through. Um, a fun fact, since Florida repeated as national champions, the national champion has not gone past the Sweet 16. Mm. Um, so I am not going to buck that trend this year. Wow. I actually have UCLA upsetting Baylor, um, which I think clears the path for Kentucky to go to the Final Four. So my, my pick is Kentucky to go to the Final Four. I like, I like that. I like UCLA too in that. Um, uh, I just, I'm realizing this now. Is this St. Peter's is the 15th seed? Is this St. Peter's as in Jersey City, St. Peter's? That is. It is indeed. Oh. Shout out to Matt Sexton. Uh, did a cup of coffee at St. Peter's. Um, all right. So, so, so it sounds like that. And I get this right. So you've got. Texas Tech, Kentucky, Arizona in your final four? Yeah, and then um, in the, I'll, in the I'll say Kansas. I'll, yeah. I'll say Kansas. I'm torn between whether I go with the Iowa pick. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Kansas. I, I do have Iowa beating Providence um, in the second round, um, but, but I, I do have Kansas making the final four. Okay, and you got Arizona winning it, right? Yep, I have Arizona over uh, Kentucky in the final. Okay, I, I did a very an all early... wildcat an all wildcat final. Got it. As a very early bracket, I, I kind of ran through this quickly before before hopping on with you. I had uh, Arizona, Kansas, UCLA, and Gonzaga with uh, Kansas over UCLA, but I think this is gonna might go back to the drawing board. But I almost had the Kansas Kansas pick here. Only as a as a hedge against um, you know the the friars here, I would be more than happy to to see that pick fall apart with the Providence going on to the Elite Eight. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that, no, I mean, look, what, what I would say the, the beauty about the bra- the beauty about the brackets is again, I, I watch a fair amount of college basketball. Uh, you might be better off not. Um, again, it, it's it's fun to put your Final Four picks out there, but um, don't be afraid to pick against them. Um, again, if if anyone could do this uh and that and nail their bracket uh they, you know they would probably be retired you know wager a fair amount and do okay um it's, it's unpredictable it's the beauty of march it's it's not a seven game series like the nba where the best team's going to win um it's a one game elimination anything can happen um in, in a 40 minute game um and that's what makes it so compelling so let me so okay so we got the brackets we covered the biggies so let me close uh i'll talk to you a little bit so as I mentioned before uh, we started rolling here, I, I got a one-way ticket to Buffalo for first thing on Thursday morning. Like I said, we're that 1240 game. So I got a one-way ticket. Um, and what's crazy about like the, the 1240 game is that by 3 p.m., my whole tournament experience could be very, you know, well, be over. And before, you know, 80% of the field even plays, or probably 90% of the field even plays, but um but i i got a one-way ticket to buffalo uh based off of how we do you know if you know getting getting past south dakota state you know i'm looking looking to obviously come back uh either sunday or or saturday night um see what the flights look like but uh so yeah so this is this is my second appearance in, in the NCAA tournament um i went uh you know i'm gonna date myself here but i went as a freshman in 1997 
which was the last big Providence run. So in 97, uh, Providence made it to the tournament as a 10 seed back when the Big East was, was pretty stacked. We, we were a 10 seed. Uh, we beat a seven, seven seed Marquette in the first round. And then we, we upset a very weak number two in Duke, which was the, like a Jeff Capel, Wojo uh, Duke team. Uh, we, we go to the Elite Eight. We go to the Sweet 16, Birmingham, Alabama. So as a freshman, got a, got a major assist from my, from my pops. He sent me down to Birmingham, Alabama for four nights. And I went to – Providence got lucky. They, they actually played Tennessee Chattanooga in the 16, uh, Sweet 16. We were a 10 seed. They were a 14 seed. 14 seed. So they had, they had a big upset in, in, their, in their side of the bracket. So we win that. And then we want to play in Arizona in 97. And that was the, t- the Arizona team that, that won the national championship. Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, Miles Simon, Dickerson. Um, we actually lost in overtime of that game. We had, um, uh, and we had the last, we had the ball at the end of the uh, second half. We, we, we tied it. My man, Jamel Thomas hit a, hit a three to tie it with like 10 seconds left. We stole the inbound and got a shot up that, that missed. So, you know, we wound up eventually losing in overtime. Our team was, our team was, was a, was a legendary team. Uh, God Sham God was our point guard, Austin Crozier, who was a lottery pick for the Pacers. And uh, we had a bunch of New York city kids, uh, Derek Brown and, and Jamel Thomas. And uh, that was my last appearance in the uh, NCAA tournament it was an elite eight game in 1997. And, you know, I, I thought after that, that freshman year, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to be going every year, a perennial, you know, a perennial, you know, tournament team. And here we are 25 years later, we've only won one game since then. So, um, look, I, I think this is. Well, and, and, and that's why, and that's why you go right again. Um, if your team is doing something special, um, college basketball is so fickle. Um, you can't assume your team's going to be there next year. Right. So you get these opportunities. You're a four seed. You've had a great season. You know, you book a one way ticket, you figure it out. Um, so, again, it's exciting to, to see you be excited um, <laughs> for me. Um, I was fortunate enough. Um, again, I'll date myself. My senior year, Georgetown actually went to the final four. Um, I was at the Sweet 16 and Elite eight games in the East Regional. Um, you had to sleep in the ticket office uh, to get the student tickets because wow. there were so few of them available. Um, so just the night before you had to, you know, you got there probably four o'clock in the afternoon, the night before, uh, tickets went on sale in the morning, camped out, uh, John Thompson, the third brought us like egg sandwiches in the morning as oh, we were wow. waking up to get tickets. Um, they beat Vanderbilt on a buzzer beater, um, in the sweet 16. Uh, some people might say Jeff Green traveled. I will never say that Jeff Green <laughs> traveled on that play. Um, and then in a, in a real a classic play, UNC one versus two East regional, a game that also went to overtime. Um, Georgetown hit a three with 30 seconds left in the second half uh, to tie it up. UNC missed a buzzer beater. It went to overtime and then Georgetown opened overtime on like a 10 0 run. Um, and, and that was it. That was the Tyler Hansborough UNC team that Georgetown beat to go to the final four. Uh, they did lose to Ohio State in the final four. That was uh, Greg Oden versus Roy Hibbert. Everyone yeah. was so excited for these two seven-footers to play, and they both got each other into foul trouble five minutes into the game, and both of them didn't get to play all that much. Um, and I think Georgetown ends up losing that game by like four or six. 
Uh, um, but again, enjoy enjoy it. You don't know when you're going to be back. You don't know when you're going to go on a run. You don't know when your team's going to be good enough to get the regional location of preference so that Buffalo is a reasonable flight as opposed to you could have got placed in Portland, Oregon. Um, so uh, you know, I'm rooting for you um, and enjoy it, man. Thanks, man. And that's what I said. I was trying to get all my – trying to rally the troops. I, I was saying – a month ago, you know, I told Laura, I was like, look, this is one of these special seasons. We were anytime we're ranked is a big deal for Providence. And the fact that we climbed up to eight and we were kind of bouncing around the top 15 for, for a pretty good chunk of the year. And we we're winning all these incredible games, overtime games, triple overtime games. We've had like a couple walk-off type of type of buzzer beaters and uh, we're 25 and five. This is the most wins we've had ever. First time we ever won the Big East regular season highest seed we've ever had so yeah i mean i'm 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 all i'm all excited for this i you know the plan is to 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 ride it out ride or die here um hopefully i'm not coming back thursday night man hopefully this is uh you know come come back on uh on sunday and then plotting my trip to chicago against a susceptible kansas team so but uh but yeah man not to get ahead ahead here Thanks for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it. One game it. at a time. One game at a time. Exactly. I know. And I, I appreciate you coming on here. You know, I love talking hoops. So, um, so yeah, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have to regroup. If um, well, I'll be back next week if, if we're plotting to get to the Sweet 16. Otherwise, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, if, there, if there's a Providence matchup to be discussed, I'm here. Uh, I'm rooting for you. All right, buddy. Well, uh, thanks for joining, man. I'll see you later. Daniela, you said all those things I wouldn't have dared as I